Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcast, Making the Cut, and I am your favorite podcaster, Mark Cotrera. Thank you again for coming back and listening. It's another week of podcasts, another week of great football, college football, and pro football. Thank you again, as always, for for listening, for sharing. Uh, I'm always going to place my my links on Facebook. I'm going to pop it on Instagram every so often uh, just to keep it interesting. And you can always follow me on Spotify, which is a great idea. You should go there now and follow me. Look look up Making the Cut. You can see my mug on there. And uh, you can follow me there. It'll let you know that you can when the next episodes are going to be up. Uh, and you also can go to the Anchor app or also anchor.fm. And, of course, there's many other places that if you are a podcast listener, you can find me there as well. Thank you for that. You know, this week we were looking at doing another uh, game day uh, prediction show with me and Deke and it just didn't work out and you know thank you for those who listened uh, you know that's going to be a lot of fun this week we weren't able to do it listen man as grown folks we got things that come up and, and then keep us from being able to uh, to get together as often as we want to you know we have day jobs uh, and even over this weekend my son had his first uh, ball tournament and so I mean it just really took away from us having time to be able to get together you know uh, but it was a lot of fun with that one and we're going to be getting it getting it together soon me and deke have been in contact we're excited about it uh i'm also excited about deke's new show that's going to be coming up the deke show and uh he's you know listen deke knows his stuff those of you know deke he's been doing it for a long time man and he knows his stuff he's it's such a blessing to be with him uh he's been helping me out a lot and uh man it's it's just i love it i love it it's it's a great pairing you know i'm actually uh, surprised that we were able to do it, and it's huge. Uh, also, while we weren't able to make our picks, don't worry about it. I told you, and I've told you plenty of times about my buddy Tommy Kryzan, uh with Talking Sports with TK. Tommy is always putting his lines out there. If you're looking for uh, your picks, whether it's just the no picks or what games to watch or or what betting lines you need to get on, Tommy's got it for you as well, man. And uh, hit him up. Listen, he appreciates the listens as well. He's, he's, he knows his stuff. I know I say that all the time, but he knows his stuff. So, this week's episode, you know last week I, I, I kind of gave you the what if and the, the fickle fans and the Saban effect. Uh, and, and listen, this is true. I, I, I said, I posed the question that, you know, if if Dabo was a coach here at LSU, would some of the fans uh, be calling for his head too? Let me let you know, that answer was a rhetorical, that question was a rhetorical question. And with that, I would let you know that would absolutely be true, uh, that they would be calling for his head as well. It's because sometimes we just get caught up and we get so spoiled with winning. It is what it is. You need to go back and listen to that one too. But the reason why I said that is because Clemson fell again yesterday. Clemson has two losses in, in September for the first time. Oh, man, since maybe since before Dabo was there, I think that the stat was. That's huge. So, you know, and honestly, those message boards, they're already calling for Dabo's head there. They have already forgotten those national titles and those uh, college football playoffs appearances. That's just how we are, how we've become as a society uh, for our football teams. You know, it Tough times will show you who the bandwagoners and the fair weathers are for sure. So just keep your head up. Those of you who are, are with your teams, ride or die regardless, keep it up. I'm proud of you. We need more of you. Go through the high times and the low times. Again, not everybody's going to be saving. Now, nobody can be saving. Uh, but we get to fight for that that type of high watermark. And that's what we want to do. But make sure and go back and, and take a listen to that episode too. And any of my other episodes 
They're always out there. You can find any of my episodes. But this week, as you can see in the title, is the Jekyll and Hyde football season. Or Jekyll and Hyde season is, is the way I put the title. And uh, or as I like to call it, the Amari Cooper season. Uh, for those of you who are fantasy football players and have ever had Amari Cooper on your team, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And then I'll give you some more examples. I, I think this is, a, it, to me, this is just all funny. But with Amari Cooper, if you've ever had him on your fantasy football team, and man, God bless you, if you ever had him as your number one receiver, it drove you insane. But even if you had him as your number two receiver, it could drive you insane. But hopefully you had him as a flex so it didn't hurt you. But Amari would have these things where you would have these extremely high watermarks where he's scoring 34 to 43 points in a game. And he's outshining everybody in the league uh, on, on fantasy points. And, of course, you know, his fantasy points are going over on the field, too. So he's having a great game uh, for his team. But then the next two, three weeks, Amari's like, was did he even play? Was he injured? Where did he go? It's this Jekyll and Hyde, like, I had to hear, and now he's gone. But so far, when you begin to look at this football season, whether it's college or it's pro, you've seen this Jekyll and Hyde stuff. Now, you have seen in college football these upsets, and we love the upsets, uh, unless your team is someone being upset, of course. But we love those upsets or those games that are like, oh, wait a second, this team may not be as good as we thought they were or as the pollsters say that they are. Uh, you know, Deke was talking about it with me. Like, I've been saying for a while, for the last couple of weeks, Arkansas very well may be uh, the second best team in the SEC West. They look that part, man. They they are a complete team all the way around. Their quarterback play is just enough. Their defense is stout. Their offensive and defensive lines are legit. The receivers, tight ends, running backs, all of it, they're legit. They really look the part. And, and you know, you'll get to see more of that as, as the competition gets even better. Uh, but... It is a Jekyll and Hyde season so far. Now, like I said just a second ago, we've seen a bunch of it as upsets. We've seen a bunch of games where people, uh, we've used the excuse before that teams have played down to their talent and stuff like that. But when you begin to watch it and you begin to pay attention, and you can blame it on the super seniors, the COVID class, you can blame it on uh, recruiting and transfers and NIL and anything else that you want to blame it on. But let's be honest, this is a Jekyll and Hyde season so far. And I want you to follow with me on here, and I'm just going to go through some teams for you. Let's just start out with, with college, before because I'm going to hit on the pros, too, on the NFL as well. But when you start out at college, man, the first team that you could even think about is Oklahoma. Oklahoma almost loses to Tulane. Oklahoma almost loses yesterday to West Virginia. Oklahoma barely won the games that they've won. And you're also looking at a team to where uh, they are known for their offense and not known for their defense. And yet, yesterday... You had their home fans booing their offense and their quarterback, wanting another quarterback to come in, which this guy was the high, most highly rated quarterback coming in that in that recruiting class. So it's it's this weird thing. It's the Jekyll and Hyde effect. UCLA, man, look, UCLA shows up uh, in their in in their home game in the opening opener against LSU, and really just embarrasses LSU. And LSU fans are scrambling and thinking that we should uh, shut down the program and. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, fire every coach and, and set every player and uh, bring in the backups for the backups and all the nonsense. And then they go and lose to a team they shouldn't have lost to. And then they come back and, and win. They're a Jekyll and Hyde team as well. You move on to Auburn. Man, those of you who have listened to a few of my, my episodes before, some of the podcasts before, you know I've talked about Auburn and especially their quarterback in Bo Nix. He, he 
has been Jekyll and Hyde his career. Like when he's at, at Jordan Air, he's almost unstoppable. Uh, but when he goes on the road, I think his record is like five and whatever, uh, five wins on the road, which is which is, you know. And, and then of course when you watch him in the game, if you watch enough college football or enough football, you can see these things. Like you see a guy that's making amazing plays, and all of a sudden you're like head scratchers left and right. Like man, what in the world? And you thought you thought with that that uh, you know with uh, Gus Malzahn there that it, there wasn't a development of the quarterback position because you've seen what was there. But we have new guys there. I say we, uh, Auburn has new guys there, uh, new coaches, new coaching staff, and these guys are proving where, they, where they've been before, and uh, you still see the same thing from him. But the reason why I brought Auburn up is because you have a team that, that, that looks unstoppable against uh, the Polytechs and the uh, Junior High uh, for the Blonde and, uh, and, and Cripple the first two games of the season, blowing them out, and they look like an unstoppable, looks like they got it all together. Uh, and then they get a test last week, and then, and of course it was a close game. They lost uh, against Penn State, and then this week, and you you can call it the hangover if you want to. You can use whatever excuse you want to. And I'm I, listen. I'm going to pick on LSU. I'm going to pick on the Saints too. So uh, if you're for other, you know fans of these other schools, I'm not just picking on them. I'm I'm going all the way through all of the Jekyll and Hyde. And uh, but Georgia State, or is it Georgia State, Georgia, Georgia Southern, or uh, Georgia Elementary something? I was playing them yesterday and had them on the ropes, and it took uh, it took a miracle, honestly, a couple miracles for the better team in Auburn, the you know with the the better recruits, the better athletes, uh, the better coaches to come back and and pull that game off. They're not the only ones that did that. Iowa State, they were ranked so high, and then they just keep disappearing. They'll get up one game. They haven't been the same since they they lost to, to Iowa, and that was just an absolute embarrassment. Iowa has won as well. I mean, since they, they really put the whooping on Iowa State, they just barely squeaking by. Uh, Kentucky's another one, playing huge. You thought this might be a year that Kentucky and Arkansas could can go from the bottom dwellers to really powerhouse teams where Kentucky was – a lot of people were picking Kentucky as the second-best team in the East at the SEC. But, you know, they struggle against uh, uh, a way lesser opponent last week, and then this week they play against a lowly South Carolina and barely beat them. Uh, but, you know, it's up and down. It's Jekyll and Hyde with them, too. Notre Dame. Man, Notre Dame barely beats Florida State, which it made, everybody thought Florida State was going to be great because of that game. It came down to the end. And then and then you look at it, and you're like, good grief, what's going on? It, Notre Dame is barely beating all these teams that they're playing. And of course, yesterday they turned it on and, and uh, take Wisconsin to the woodshed in the second, really in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, and so you have this Jekyll and Hyde with them as well. Ohio State. Now, I will say this. Ohio State has lost to Oregon. Uh, they've struggled against way lesser opponents. Uh, they and, and I know yesterday's score, you can't tell, but they struggled yesterday as well. Uh, and I can guarantee you this. They're, they're, the, the college football playoff is going to try to find a way to put them in the playoffs because it's Ohio State, and that's what they do. I can guarantee you people are trying to find ways to put Clemson there, too. I'll talk about that at the end of the show. Just to let you know, at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you my guest picks uh, of what the college football playoff final four are going to be and uh, and and who I think you know could be in that fourth slot you know the top three you'll be able you'll probably be able to agree maybe swap around the order a little bit but you'll understand that'll be at the end of the, in the end of the episode Minnesota Minnesota is another team man that's Jekyll and Hyde and, and, and you know there's a there's a bigger list that I'm not even listing here 
Uh, but I'm just going to list some of these in college football. Minnesota was a team that was, I mean, they have an amazing coach, man. P.J. Fleck, that is a guy that many, he's on many uh, coaching searches. Many people want this guy to pull him away from Minnesota. What he has able to been able to do there at that program at Minnesota is not known for winning college football. It's been huge. Uh, but this year they may have been a little overhyped. Uh, but you saw how they played really they really played Ohio State uh, to the end of that game and then Ohio State just has all those five stars and four stars and the death and they end up coming back and winning. Then Minnesota loses to an extremely lower lesser talent team yesterday. Uh, you know maybe it was a fall off because they lost to Ohio State maybe it what it was but maybe it was the Jekyll and Hyde effect. The, you have all these other teams. And I told you I was going to talk about LSU and going to talk about the Saints as well. But yesterday, I kept getting asked, like, who was going to be my pick? What was going to be my pick on the line for LSU and Mississippi State? And uh, honestly, I kept saying, man, I can't give you one because uh, that is two Jekyll and Hyde teams. I mean, you have uh, Mississippi State team who, you know, they struggled against Louisiana Tech. They lost against teams they shouldn't have lost to. They beat North Carolina State, who North Carolina State beat Clemson yesterday. Uh, and, and so you have this Jekyll and Hyde with them. And then you have LSU. Then honestly, if you're an LSU fan, you live in Louisiana, you could say that they're definitely Jekyll and Hyde too because they have their ups and they have their downs. And you're like, all right, we finally are clicking in all cylinders here. We look like the team that we thought we were going to be, that we were hoping that we were going to be. And then you like, wait, that looks real familiar. <laughs> like after the McNeese State game and after the UCLA game, everybody was saying, oh, it's the same team as last year, yada, yada, yada. It, it, you, all of you have heard it. All of you have heard me talk about it as well, too. But even in that game, you could see, like LSU is dominating that game in a sense. It, it, don't get me wrong. I know the first quarter, first half, it was like, what, 14-7 to 7 or I don't remember what it was because I was in the middle of my son's baseball game, so I didn't get to keep up with it fully. But I did get to watch the, the, the most of the second half of the game, and you got to see LSU is at that point where they're, I don't want to say dominating, but they were really taking control of the game. And then all of a sudden, the two Jekyll and Hyde teams swap roles. One of them goes to, to you know, from Jekyll to Hyde, and the other one goes from Hyde to Jekyll. And, uh, and Mississippi State starts coming back in the game and almost wins the game. They have a, an opportunity to win the game at, at, at the end of the game. And it's, it's crazy. Like, this is the reason why I couldn't, I couldn't give my answer on what it is because it's a Jekyll and Hyde football season. Real quick before I move on to the pros and tell you about some of those, of course, I did talk about Clemson going down, but and I did talk about Arkansas being legit. There's another team that's legit uh, that has an opportunity out of a group of five to possibly get recognition. I'm not going to say that they're going to make it to the college football playoff because, let's be honest, uh, the voters, these people that they're wasting money on, are not going to give them opportunity to share it, to show it on the field. Uh, and they're not going to give them an opportunity to be in there regardless if they could beat any of those teams or not, uh, which sucks because you always want to see a, a Cinderella team. And I talked about this before with the NIL. This is one of those teams that back in the day, uh, well, the team that back in the day got the death penalty because they were paying players and, you know, giving them cars and all kind of stuff. And they've never been the same since then. But now with the NIL and the school being in Dallas and SMU, you could have that team turn it around. They could be the UCF. They could be the Boise State. Uh, and when you watch them, and of course they were a, a horrible Hail Mary bat down pass for a touchdown for them to win the game against Louisiana Tech. But then they came through yesterday and really handed TCU uh, 
that loss. I mean, and they are undefeated right now. This is a team that should get some consideration. They should get boosted up the polls. But like we've talked before, the polls are just this blue blood thing and how they, the eye test and uh, are, are the biases because of these teams that have been there so long. Look, this team could go undefeated and beat big teams. And uh, Ohio State and Clemson are still going to get the benefit over them. I don't know why Clemson would because Clemson plays in the conference where, oh, my gosh. Seriously? I mean, North Carolina got beat by Georgia Tech yesterday. Uh, Georgia Tech's on the come up. They're coming back up. They look like they're a legitimate team nowadays uh, for the last couple of years because they finally got away from the, the triple option, and they're playing regular uh, modern-day offensive football, which is huge, and they're playing great defense there. They're doing a good job of recruiting. But at the same time, they're still not there. And so this is a conference. So enough of the college football part of the Jekyll and Hyde. I want to move on to the, to the pros. Man. I, and I'm going to jump off into it, but I'm going to jump off into this game from today, too. The Baltimore Ravens go and beat uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they take them down to the wire and beat them at the end of the game, and they look like an unstoppable team, even with all the injuries, all of the – I mean, they don't have a running back on the roster. Uh, outside of, you know, some people say Lamar Jackson's a running back, not a quarterback. Uh, uh, <clears throat> but, you, you know, they're, they've got injury reserves – all over their team, they're missing. I think they're missing like ten to twelve players that would be starters somewhere. Are 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 immediate backups, and uh, they go through and beat Kansas City, in which I know Kansas City lost to uh, to the Chargers today, but the Chargers are a good team. But this is this Ravens team is a team that you can see that can make a run for it deep in the playoffs in uh, in the AFC and in the AFC strong this year. But they're a team that they're legit. And they proved that by beating Kansas City finally in September. Uh, but today they played the lowly Detroit Lions. And it took, talking about Jekyll and Hyde, it took a record-breaking field goal of 66 yards by Justin Tucker to beat the Detroit Lions. Now this is a team that, let's be honest, they had a firehouse sell on that team. They got rid of everybody and they brought in people that you've never even heard of. Their draft wasn't that great. When I was going through the draft classes, I was doing the Detroit Lions. I had to go through and tell you who they signed on uh, on undrafted free agents because they just needed to fill holes. They needed to fill slots. They, I mean, this team is a bunch of guys that most most football fans and people who watch football don't do not even know about. And that's the reason why I went through it on on their draft class and undrafted free agents was because man, this team, just like Houston, really has. They're in a super rebuild, but I don't know the way that they've done it. I don't know if they're ever going to build back out of it. But talking about, just for a second, give you a stat that you probably didn't even realize. But, of course, the Lions lose this game to the Ravens by record, uh, by a record-setting field goal to 66 yards. Most people didn't know or realize that, you know, Tom Dempsey, actually broke that record with a 63-yarder, I believe it was, against the Detroit Lions. I mean, like, you're talking about, like, a cursed team, man, and it is what it is. Anyway, but back to the to the Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, you begin to look at the different teams. Look at the Packers. Now, the Packers play uh, the Niners tonight, so I, I, I can't go all the way there, but this is a team that was 13-3 and for the last couple of years. They come out flat against the Saints and get absolutely embarrassed, and then they come out and do what they were supposed to do against the Lions. But maybe they're Jekyll and Hyde. Maybe they find their stride against the Niners, which I don't see that happening. But 
you, you, you see, even with them, even with the Titans, the Titans lost the first week. And then they kept, and then they're back on it. No, I guess, you know, honestly, with the Titans, it may not be Jekyll and Hyde. It may be common sense to give Derrick Henry the ball and let him be the beast that he is. But you, you see these teams. Let's go with the Saints, honestly. And, you know, I told you I was going to pick on the Saints. I was going to pick on Jameis Winston, too, because, uh, and listen, those of you are, that are homers, look, hey, man, get out of your feelings for a second. Let's just be honest. Let's, let's take the temperature of the room here and see what's really going on with it. But the Saints... And three weeks showed you what Jekyll and Hyde really looks like. I mean, you absolutely dismantle the Packers. Then you get dismantled, regardless of how many players are out on defense and offense and the coaches and all this nonsense. You're still professionals and all that. Get absolutely, honestly, it's absolutely embarrassed by the Panthers. And then they come out today and uh, they beat up on, on on the Patriots. Now, granted, there's a, a uh, rookie quarterback there and they don't have any playmakers. Let's be honest, they're receivers. Or, or, or nobody, but they did what they were supposed to do. You have this Jekyll and Hyde, which they honestly were supposed to win the game last week against Carolina. Jekyll and Hyde. And then there's famous Jameis Winston. And uh, I, I know a couple of good close friends of mine, and there's a bunch of Saints fans that uh, after week one and the five touchdowns and how great he looked and the halo, I even said, man, who is this guy? I didn't even know this Jameis Winston was there. And uh, that that was even possible, but I was happy it was. And I had many Saints fans going, Drew Brees, who? Really? We were, we're so much better off with Jameis Winston than we were with Drew Brees. And then last week happened. And I know we made all these excuses for him. And then you looked at the game today and watched the game today. You're like, oh, my gosh. And, of course, we did get the win today. But when you begin to look at the quarterback play, uh, you begin to you begin to watch it and you and you see, like, man, I sent it out to Colin, my old co-host from uh, The Right Cut Live, and said, man, uh, it looks like we had two starting quarterbacks who are, are, are rookies because the guy's been in the league for quite a few years, and uh, and he was making some big-time rookie mistakes. Now, and and I know, you know, offensive line last week and a little bit this week wasn't there to what it needed to be, and he had people in his face, but as a rookie – you would ex- you would ex- expect those passes that he's throwing that are interceptions are almost fumbles uh, to happen if you're a rookie. But for a guy who's been in the league for like eight years now, you, you would expect hey throw the ball away, scramble to throw the ball away, or take the sack. Or how about don't take so long to get a sack uh, to get the sack. Whatever it may be, but you see a lot of things. You're like okay, here's a Jekyll and Hyde as well. The funny thing about that was if you're watching the game on TV. They actually said the exact same thing with Jameis. They said they, they brought a comparison of the of the Jekyll and Hyde with him. What they I think they call him Doctor Jameis and uh, Mister Mister uh, Winston uh, because you have those ups and downs. And I will tell you this: there's another guy in the league that reminds me of that type of play. And, uh, I, and sometimes I think about that that meme that's on Facebook all the time that says "Change my mind" with the guy sitting at the table. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there for you too that. Uh, Jameis Winston is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Changed my mind. And just to back that up, when you look at uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick and you have Ryan Fitzmagic. Because when you have Fitzmagic, you have the best quarterback in the league. He's throwing 400 yards and five touchdowns, no interceptions or one interception. And then the next couple of weeks, you got a guy, you're just scratching your head like, oh my gosh. Like, Maybe 100 yards passing, three interceptions, four interceptions, no touchdowns. 
And the next week's the same thing. The Amari Cooper type thing going on there. Jekyll and Hyde. So you could, you could see it. And and I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. Those of you who are, are heartbroken or offended because I'm, I'm talking about it. Listen, I'm being realistic. You need to be realistic as well. We know what we have in Jameis. We know we have the potential he can be uh, MVP caliber type play. Don't 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 mix my words and say he's MVP caliber or an elite player. Uh, but we saw in week one that he could do things that none of us thought he can do. Uh, but then we see the next two weeks, you're like, well, that's what we saw in Tampa Bay. That, that's what we saw. That's what some of us were afraid of. And it's there. Going on even more with the, uh, the Jekyll and Hyde season, Man, when you if you play fantasy football, man, if you play fantasy football, you know like this is a weird season again for you because it doesn't make any sense. Some of the players, and these are just players that I'm 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 gonna list for you for a second that have Jekyll and Hyde. Now, granted, some of them for different various reasons. Now, some of them the defenses were so good against them, some of them the offensive line wasn't working for them. Some of them it doesn't matter what it was. But if you're playing fantasy football, you're like, oh my gosh, I picked these guys and I picked them high. <laughs> and I have like an amazing week one week and the next week they're not there. And the next week they're back to the amazing week. I know we're only week three into the NFL, but just follow with me right here. Alvin Kamara. You don't get your feelings hurt, Saints fans. I love Alvin Kamara. But if you're playing fantasy football and you picked him first in your draft, you already know what I'm talking about. Week one goes off. Get you all the points you need to get your win in your league if you played it, the rest of your draft right. Last week, completely shut out. This week, looks good again. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is probably the second or third quarterback picked by most people, and he's going to be the starter for those people. Week one against the Saints, absolutely shut him down. I think he had like six points. Last week, back to it. This week, he's probably going to get, get some points. I, I, I don't know if San Francisco is going to shut him out quite like the Saints did. Aaron Jones. Listen, man, Aaron Jones was shut out against the Saints and then last week goes off for, what, four or five touchdowns? (laughs) The Jekyll and Hyde, the Amari Cooper syndrome in a sense, too. Josh Allen, quarterback from the Buffalo Bills. Nothing the first week. Last week, kind of average. This week goes absolutely off. Maybe he's finding his stride. Many people were picking him to be the favorite for the MVP of the league this year. Could be. Still could be, but at the same time, he's going through that Jekyll and Hyde. Hey, if you're Patrick Mahomes fan, or if you have him on your team, you you feel the same thing there too because it's Jekyll and Hyde with him as well this year. It's different this year. I I want to tell you even about how Jekyll and Hyde it is. My my son has a fantasy football team too. I didn't draft this team for him. Matter of fact, he didn't even draft it himself. He put it in an auto draft so he could go outside and play ball. Uh, but somehow he I don't know who he was drafting against. Obviously, a bunch of people who's never played fantasy football before, but I'm going to tell you just four players that he has on his starting lineup that he got in the draft from an auto draft, which, and, and the reason why I'm talking about it is because it's Jekyll and Hyde. He's got one or two losses. I don't know if he's got two losses. I know he's definitely got one loss, but he never should have lost at all with this team when you look at it. So his, his number one running back is Nick Chubb. His number one receiver is Tyreek Hill. His number two receiver is Devontae Adams. That is three first-round picks right there. Nick Chubb may be a second-round pick, but you know what I'm saying. And then his tight end is the second-highest-rated, uh, ranked, uh, drafted tight end in the league in Darren Waller. That's four guys right there. I mean, he's got other great players on his team, too. But just looking at that, you have two guys that are absolute first-round draft picks in fantasy football. You have uh, two guys 
Nick Chubb is most probably a first round in a lot of people's because running back was scarce this year on the depth. Uh, so maybe second round at the most. And then Darren Waller's the number two tight end in all, all of the fantasy boards, all of the drafts. So that's huge. Even in my fantasy football leagues, let me tell you this. The, my money league that I'm in, my first week I'm blowing a team out by 35 points, biggest win margin in, margin in the whole league. Last week I played pretty good, still get the win. And this week I might not even get 100 points. Jekyll and Hyde, man. It's unreal. So what, what I'm saying about that Jekyll and Hyde, listen. If you're a sports fan, your team is Jekyll and Hyde. Your fantasy football team is Jekyll and Hyde. Look, man, just keep your head up high and realize that this is an absolute fun season. Even in, in college football, man, it's fun to see, especially if your team is not doing as best as you're, you're expecting it to, to see the broader picture of college football and seeing uh, the upsets, the seeing the, the polls get debunked for once, finally. Uh, and I hope they that can help come to an end to the polls and all of the nonsense voting to put people up that don't need to be there. Uh, but this is going to be a fun season. Hey, great. College football is just at the beginning. I, I will say one more thing about Jekyll and Hyde with college football. LSU, which like I talked about earlier, was a uh, Jekyll and Hyde team so far this season. And Auburn has been a Jekyll and Hyde team so far this season. They play this coming week. So if you're going to ask me who I'm going to pick in this game, I'm not going to pick it. I'm just going to let you know. I may pick with me and Deke, uh, but I wouldn't put my put your money on what I'm going to say if you're if you're a betting person. Uh, because I, I, I don't feel comfortable with this game. Now, of course, T.J. Finley from Ponchatoula, uh, he may end up getting a start because he came in and got the win against uh, the Georgia Elementary School that they barely beat. Uh, and, you know, what a return that would be for him, the team that he transferred from because he lost his starting job, come back to Tiger Stadium and, uh, you know, ball out. Uh, you know, they're, you know I, I would kind of like that for him coming being from Ponchatoula, but let's be honest, I'm not going to like that as an LSU fan whatsoever. But... You have two Jekyll and Hyde teams playing again this this coming week. That's next week. So just keep a watch out for that. Have fun with it. Have fun with this college football season and the pro football season because it's going to be. A, and let, look, man, pro football. You got an extra week this year, 18 weeks instead of 17. That's huge. That's going to be a lot of fun. This season is going to be a lot of fun, man. And like I told you, kind of at the beginning of the of the, of the episode, was that I was going to kind of give you my my. I guess I would say crystal ball of the college football playoff. Honestly, it's the way too early picked because, you know, most of the time it's not until after week four uh, anyway. Uh, but this is where I'm looking at. And, uh, you know, Deke and I talked about this, you know, who, who, who's your top five? Who's your top ten? And uh, college football playoff right now is going to be there. You know, like I said a while ago, they're, they're still going to try to find a way to put Ohio State there. They're still going to find a way to try to put – uh, Clemson there. That's just the way that it is. They're, they're, they're going to have these human voters, a human human element. And, uh, and, and listen, both of those teams right now do not deserve to be in the top four. Let's be honest. Their records don't. Um, and they don't. It just it wouldn't make sense. Uh, and, and, you know, they get the unfair vote all the time. And I'm not whining and crying, but let's be honest. I, I would probably put an SMU in there. <laughs> so just so we can... Throw some havoc in there. Maybe they get destroyed. Who cares? Oklahoma got destroyed by LSU. I mean, Clemson got destroyed by Ohio State last year. Who cares if it's a blowout? Give those other teams an opportunity. Make it real. Let it be played out on the field regardless. So you don't have it. You never run into anything stupid like the UCF claiming their own national title. 
stay away from that and give them an opportunity, man. Give these fall teams an opportunity to do it. So, but these are my my uh, college football picks. Way too early picks. I'm only going to give you three, and I'm going to let you pick yourself out of the out of the four there on, on number four. But my number one is going to be Bama. I know that there's a lot of talk that um, they didn't look that great against Florida. I really beg to differ. Uh, you have these young guys. I mean, you have a freshman, uh, a redshirt uh, freshman quarterback, and you got a bunch of young guys on that team because, look, go look back and see who all they lost to the draft uh, and, and et cetera, even some of them to the transfer portal, which is hard to get people to transfer away from Bama. Uh, but when you begin to look at it, you still have a bunch of young guys. They looked dominant being up 21-3 in the first quarter, and you could see the human element of it that, hey, yeah, like we got this game won, and you can see them taking the brakes off a little bit. and, and I mean, taking the gas off a little bit. And they had to fight to, to the end. And you give Florida the credit, even though I don't want to. Y'all know I hate Florida uh, for battling to the end and making it. Uh, but they're still Bama. Listen, they're still going to play sound football, and they're still going to finish games. That's, listen, Saban doesn't take up a, a, a miss an opportunity to find that a coachable opportunity for them. And they can be, that may have been college football's worst thing to happen to them because they might come out and blow everybody out so going on with that my number two right now is georgia uh georgia you thought maybe they weren't going to be that good because they barely beat clemson it was all defense they didn't have any offense but man they've opened it up since then georgia looks unstoppable at the at right now at this point right now and then my number three is oregon now oregon had a, a slow start to the season struggling their first game of the season uh then they came out beat ohio state and they're just cruising through the Pac-12 right now. And they may be the team to beat in the Pac-12. And they may uh, finally get somebody back in the college football playoff for the Pac-12. That could be huge. My number four, like I said, i got a, a list of teams here uh, that could you know, battle for it. And let's be honest, like one of them, I want to put Arkansas in there. Uh, because I do believe uh, they are the number two team uh, in the SEC. And in a, you could also put in SEC West. And you could also put Ole Miss in there for some of you, which sounds crazy, but, man, there are going to be some top, tough tests there. Uh, and let's be honest, you're not going to have more than two SEC teams in there. Plus, they're going to play each other this season. Ole Miss is fixing to play Alabama. Arkansas is fixing to play Georgia. I'm pretty sure Arkansas plays Bama. Uh, I hadn't looked at the full schedule, but I'm pretty sure that's positive. And so you, it's going to have this balancing out, uh, and, and unless it just wreaks havoc. And anyway, too much. Iowa. I don't know what's up with Iowa. Uh, Iowa's up one minute. We talked. I talked about them a minute ago with uh, the Jekyll and High. They're up, they're down. Uh, can they sustain it? Can they finally come over the hump and be jump off in there? Uh, that would be a white-collar team in a sense that you wouldn't expect to be there, but they could take the Big Ten. I don't see anybody from the Big 12 because, let's be honest, look at Oklahoma. They're barely beating teams that they absolutely should be blowing out. But they have a very good chance to be – uh, undefeated. I mean, TCU lost to SMU. Uh, Texas did beat up on the team seventy uh, on Texas Tech yesterday, uh, but Texas also lost to Arkansas. Uh, they their only test possibly could be Texas. And with Texas losing to Arkansas, if Texas comes around and beats Oklahoma, guess what? The Big 12's not in there. This would have been their their last chance to do it. Uh, so I, I don't I don't really see them doing it. I see them faltering unless they change something up drastically. And even Penn State, man. Uh, Penn State's another team that possibly can be there. But let's be honest, these teams, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, Penn State, 
for some reason, they get that big brother mentality when they, the little brother mentality, I should say, when they play Ohio State and don't show up. It's kind of like a lot of the SEC teams do with Bama. Uh, and uh, every ACC team does with Clemson, except for the last two weeks. Uh, so those are my, my teams that could possibly be there. I can't put a fourth team in there right now. And I mean, like I said, I, I joked about SMU because, uh, listen, man, they're undefeated. They beat up on a Big 12 team that they weren't supposed to beat. They're undefeated. Like I said, give them opportunity. Put, I'd put them at five. I don't know where Cincinnati is right now. I forgot to check on them. Uh, that's another team that could be huge there, too. If they don't have any losses, uh, that could be making a push as well. So, uh, you know, that Jekyll and Hyde, man, you have no idea. That's what makes it so much fun for me this season. You know, sometimes that Jekyll and Hyde stuff can get you upset. But, man, it makes it so much fun because it's almost much watch, uh, must-watch TV. So it's going to be huge. This is my episode on Jekyll and Hyde. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, go to my Facebook and find my link. And uh, go to Spotify, Anchor.fm, and the Anchor app, and just about anywhere else you get your podcast and go follow me. Thank you again. See you next time. Be looking out for me and Deke's uh, next episode. We're trying to get... Uh, a good set time around work and, and ball to be able to uh, get our, our pregame show, our picks for college football. And also go check out Tommy, uh, uh, Talking Sports with TK. Always got his stuff. He's pumping them out left and right. He's sending me messages on them left and right. He's always there. So see y'all next time. This is Mark Atreira with Making the Cut.